Hello, and welcome to Breadcrumbs, a podcast brought to you by Trace Labs. It's our mission here to facilitate OSINT for everyone. We'll be hearing from industry experts, community leaders, and everyday people about the tools, topics, and techniques that will make your OSINT collection better. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Breadcrumbs. Today, I am joined by Chase Matheson. Chase works with me over at Trace Labs, and if you haven't heard of him, he's certainly had an impact on your life if you've ever seen a piece of Trace Labs artwork, received a badge, or seen any of our infographics. So that was all Chase, and I'm excited to have him on board today. Chase, how's it going? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me here today. Excellent. Yeah, when you said you wanted to be on the pod, uh, that was a pretty big no-brainer for a number of reasons. You've recently landed a career in InfoSec coming in from the outside. I'm hoping we can talk through that journey today, kind of what led you to not in InfoSec at all to landing your first InfoSec role. Yeah, um, that's really what I want to cover today. Um, it's just kind of the ins and outs of what I've been up to for the last kind of year and a half. Um, and I really want to, you know, express my um, expertise and uh, uh, opinions to those who are seeking to get involved in, you know, cybersecurity or information security or network security um, and don't have any previous technical background. Um, because that was me. I came in with a graphic design background. Um, and within 15 months, I am now almost done with an information security internship that I am very grateful for and looking to go full time into the cybersecurity career. Nice. So what did you do before InfoSec? Like what's your background? So my background is actually in graphic, graphic and web design. Um, I started around the age of 14. I started a independent freelance business to where I was doing custom graphic designs, web designs, um, YouTube video edits, you know, whatever I could do um, just for a little side money. And it was really just something to, you know, keep me busy through high school. Um, and that was kind of my passion. And it grew from there. Um, while in high school, I entered my artwork into a lot of competitions. Um, and that turned out to be a very rewarding kind of response from there, winning scholarships and kind of some recognition from there. And taking it from there, I always had this graphic background, you know, skill set in mind, but it's not necessarily what I wanted to do in my life. Um, I was good at it, trust me, I was really good at it, but it it really didn't feel like it was my purpose. Um, and so I'm very, uh, I'm a person that, you know, tries to find a purpose and passion in my life. And so starting out with graphic design, uh, it was great. It, it opened up a lot of doors. And then slowly as I got into college, um, I didn't really want to major in graphic design. So I switched out of that. Um, and right around that time is when I found uh, Trace Labs actually on YouTube from the notorious um, Hackers Help Find Missing Children video that I know a lot of people have seen. So I was one of those people who saw that video and uh, found my way into Trace Labs from there. And, you know, not knowing anything about OSINT, anything, I knew nothing about cybersecurity, but I knew how to make artwork. Um, so I tried to tried my best to see how I could, you know, put my expertise into the organization, which is a volunteer organization. Um, so I reached out to uh, Robert and Adrian, and from there, just kind of pitched my ideas of graphic design, badges, infographics, and the rest is history. Today, we now have, I believe, over 15 to 20 different Trace Labs badges, and we are constantly putting out new infographics. That's fascinating. If you listen to a lot of technology-themed podcasts, you know, one of the questions the host asks is inevitably, hey, how'd you get into programming? How'd you get into InfoSec? How'd you get into IT? And there are some pretty consistent through lines like, hey, I liked video games. Um, I liked computers. I liked, you know, technology. Um, your story is pretty unique coming from a non-technical background and simply approaching the field just because of a YouTube video you saw. That's fascinating. Yeah, you know, that's what's really kind of like, like, yeah, it, definitely fascinating. And it was, you know, an average, I can't remember what day of the week, but let's just say Saturday three in the morning, just roaming through YouTube videos, nothing to do um, and coming across that. And it ended up being a life changing video for me in the sense that um, I, I have known from a young age that, you know, uh, I do. I, my father works in IT himself. Um, and so I grew up around an IT father figure. However, he wasn't necessarily pushing IT onto me as as a career. Um, you know, my my father was, you know, do what makes you happy kind of person. And so from there, 
Um, I always were kind of around computers. I actually had a huge computer game obsession, specifically with the game RuneScape um, from a young age. So started out there from young age and kind of went through there. Um, and even before graphic design, I was actually copying um, like MMORPG game files and editing them and learning a little bit of Java here. So um, that was kind of like my introduction into computers a little bit and then transitioning to the graphic design. Uh, I specialized in Photoshop. So it was all digital graphic, all on the computer. Um, so I knew I was good with computers, but I didn't know how I could turn that into a full-time career. And then looking into the videos of the Trace Labs, um, kind of into the hacking and using the computers, the technology, it seemed that I, hey, you know, I might be good at this. Let me give it a shot. And, you know, it went from there. I, I joined the Slack at the uh, Trace Labs community and the rest is history now. Okay. We're going to back up like two minutes. In fact, okay. I, in fact, in the final version, I might even like play this as exhibit A, but you, you just glossed over something that was incredibly important to me. And I want to make sure that you know it's important as well. You mentioned, you know, being into video games from a young age. You mentioned downloading files, editing them, seeing how they work, having an interest to modify them. That's hacking. That, <laughs> yes. that's, that is what hacking is. And that's why some of us in the community get a bit prickly when the word hacker is tossed around with a negative... Yes the negative context but like you just demonstrated like some of the core characteristics whenever i think of a hacker just the curiosity the need to understand the desire to modify so whether you knew it or not you know 12 year old 13 year old chase was already hacking <laughs> yeah looking back at it it's, it's definitely the case because it seemed that you know the game files itself i don't believe were leaked but they were open source so they were you know editable and from there you know, I took the files, I customized it to my liking, my name on it, um, you know, whatever I thought looked cool, and I released it to the public. And that actually was accumulating an average of two to 3,000 daily players and over 1 million accounts created within three years of running that. And that was around the age of 13 to 15. So a lot of crazy stuff went into that. I think that was kind of like my inspiration for uh, creativity. I've always been a creative person, always been a curious person. Um, I think that plays a lot when it comes to, you know, conducting OSINT investigations is just having natural curiosity, um, wanting to know what's behind each door. And I think that kind of, you know, spurs from a young age, which helps a lot today. Nice. So you mentioned that you saw a video on YouTube and that was your gateway into the Trace Labs community. Like what about it, I guess, enticed you initially and then what sort of kept you around? Because there are a lot of really cool videos out there. And when you get to a community, it's either not all it was cracked up to be or not what you thought it was going to be. But like, what what was it that got you in the OSINT door? And then what kept you around? Gotcha. Yeah, that's a great question. You know, I think for me, um, it kind of goes a little bit more personal. I am a older brother of five. Um, so I have that natural uh, want to help other people, look out for other people, um, put people kind of before me. And that's something that I really pulled from that Trace Labs video was the fact that they were helping children who essentially didn't have anyone else helping them. And, you know, something that sticks in my mind is, you know, Robert says it, and I might not say it word for word, but, you know, it's, it's something along the lines of, you know, if no one's looking for these people, then who is or, you know, and, and, and that's something to where I kind of stuck with me, you know, it means a lot that I could learn a skill set, uh, potentially change someone's lives or impact someone's lives. Um, and feel good about it. And I think that was really important to me. I had my, you know, interest in computers. Now I kind of found my passion of helping others. And so OSINT for me was that perfect combination of passion and interest to where um, it just was, got the ball rolling in my life of wanting to learn more. And it, it's been a rabbit hole ever since, you know, OSINT is a huge rabbit hole. There's so much to learn about it. Um, and it kind of, I think it all started from wanting to help other people um, and being involved in the computer ethical hacking kind of lifestyle. I've always been, I always thought the ethical hacking was really cool. Um, and so it kind of just goes back to, you know, just wanting to learn more. Nice. <clears throat> so you find your way to Trace Labs. First impressions, what were they? First impressions, uh, what do I do? How do I get involved? And how can I make a difference? Um, and so from there, you know, I was, I didn't jump just face first, you know, I kind of stepped back a little bit, uh, you know, I, I 
went through all the boards, you know, I did as much research as I could on the on the volunteer and organization itself. And I reached out to people, I asked questions. Um, and it really was just kind of getting an idea of what actually was going on at Trace Labs and what the mission of the work was to be done. And from there, you know, it slowly picked into it, picked up into the monthly ops, um, started learning OSINT, started investigating. And each day it was learning a little bit more and more from there and just becoming better and better. Cool. So at what point did you realize that you wanted to make InfoSec a career? Like what was that moment or that series of moments? Yeah, that, that moment, you know, it, it's really interesting to think about because I found OSINT, I would say, right in the beginning of March 2020. And as many of you know, that is right around when the pandemic happened, the whole COVID-19 really hit hard. And so a lot of us were forced, you know, remotely indoors, schools closed, jobs closed. And so I really, you know, told myself, hey, you know, if I'm going to be locked indoors for the next six, eight months, I need to make something out of it. I need to take advantage of that. And right around this time, I had just switched my major from computer science to computer information systems because I was struggling at math. Um, so if there are those math people out there who know that, um, you know, they know exactly what I'm talking about. And um, uh, it kind of went from there to just really wanting to um, explore my passion and uh, take a little bit further. And when I first started out in OSINT, it didn't, I didn't have any intentions of turning it into a full-time career. It just was more something that, hey, this is cool. I want to learn more about it. But as I started to learn more about it and started to conduct more OSINT investigations, I realized, hey, I'm kind of good at this. You know, I think I'm, I'm getting a hang of this. And from there, it just the passion picked up. Um, I reached out into a little bit more of the OSINT communities and I found volunteerships, uh, which I highly, highly recommend those who are looking to, you know, further their OSINT investigations. Um, I am a volunteer at the National Child Protection Task Force, as well as Operation Safe Escape, where I continue to do daily OSINT investigations. Um, and just being around a team of people who do the same thing, it's very, very important. Okay, so you got into a community and you realized that, hey, this is something I think I'd like to keep doing. And you just kept getting more and more involved. Like, do you think that's been kind of the key to some of your success? Correct. I, I think that, like mentioned a little bit before, the natural curiosity, curiosity to learn more um, you know, finding the OSINT and, and finding, be able to help missing people. It's like, wow, you know, the more I learn, the more opportunities I have to help other people, the bigger differences I can make in the world. And, and me personally, I, you know, I want something to live for. I want a passion in my life. Um, I want to, you know, say that I accomplished something. Um, and so that was really what I was going after and, and going from there, uh, taking a little bit step further, just trying to, you know, like I said, it's just OSINT is such a deep rabbit hole toward learning as much as possible. It's just very important to try to learn, you know, the different fundamentals of what actually OSINT is. Um, and so running through there, it kind of just led towards, you know, filling, filling it as a full-time role. Okay. As anyone who's ever decided they want a career in InfoSec, there's this huge canyon between deciding you want a job at InfoSec and getting a job at InfoSec. Can, yes. we, can we talk through that journey? Yes. Yeah, so, um, so I definitely experienced a, a journey. I, from about March, 2020 to, I would say the end of 2020, I was not applying to any jobs. Maybe at the end of December, 2020, I began applying, but for the most part for the next, between March, 2020 to maybe November, I was strictly, uh, OSINT courses, OSINT YouTube videos, OSINT CTFs, reaching out, asking questions, um, the whole nine yards. And um, I can give a lot of, you know, good examples of, you know, OSINT courses. I can give some great examples of, you know, free guides and stuff like that, stuff that I use to help me. Uh, but for the most part, it was, you know, five to six months of just hard learning uh, different knowledge. And then right around December to January of 2021, I began applying and, um, we can jump more into that. Definitely. I'd like to speak more on that, but in a, in a short summary, I applied to, I would say between 90 to hundred positions um, and heard back from maybe eight, did about three or four interviews and pulled out one internship out of those. So, and that was a span over maybe four to five months. And through those four to five months, it was rough. Um, it was a lot of just staying positive 
um, and trying not to feel negative about it. Unfortunately, with COVID right now, it's very hard, you know, trying to find a job. I, I think that definitely plays a big role. So um, that was kind of a, a definitely a journey that we can discuss more in detail. Yeah, please, let's. Okay, well, uh, I'll just jump right into it then, you know, kind of looking into the OSINT experience, uh, I started out with uh, what I would, what I like to call paid and affordable courses, um, and so, or free and affordable courses, I'm sorry. Um, and so that's just the courses that, hey, aren't going to break the bank. Um, I'm in no way a rich person. I am in no way a millionaire. Um, so I had to find courses that kind of could um, be useful to, you know, the current situation that I was in. Um, and so starting out with that, it really started out with, you know, free, I started out with YouTube, uh, searching up just OSINT and just off the top of my head, if by searching OSINT on YouTube, I know that, um, Joe Gray, who was also on my team, uh, that we run at the trace labs as well as Ray Baker, uh, both provide insanely good content regarding OSINT. I know Joe has his OSINTion courses and Ray does a phenomenal job on her medium blogs as well as her Twitter posts. Um, and both of them really release a phenomenal amount of OSINT knowledge, expertise, um, and information regarding OSINT. Uh, another thing that I would do is I would read uh, team CTF write-ups. If it was your trace left or for another CTF, kind of hearing the like the methods and the approaches that different teams take, I would kind of keep these in mind and learn about them, learn how they did it, um, and then save it in the back of my mind. And from there, you know, it kept moving out. I learned uh, the Michael Bazell books. I went through those. I went through a lot of red team, blue team manuals on Amazon. I did a little bit of reading. I also reached out to other individuals just asking, hey, I see you're an OSINT. Can you give me any tips or advice? That was a big thing I recommend. Um, the biggest, probably the biggest tip I can give for those people who are looking to dive into a full-time career, either in information security, cybersecurity, network security, whatever it may be, is networking. That is the biggest piece of advice I can get is network, network, network. Um, and I'm sure, you know, a lot of people have heard that, but but I'm going to give my example of what networking I did. Um, and from there, um, I, I believe networking essentially is how I, I landed the job and the internship that I have now. And so that started out from changing my, my habits, you know, waking up every day. Instead of logging on Facebook and Instagram, I was logging on LinkedIn. You know, I was logging on you know, Twitter, you know, I was following InfoSec communities. I was staying very involved with the people that, you know, like-minded people and the people that I kind of wanted to not essentially be like, but, you know, work in a position like those people. Um, and so from there, I, I took my LinkedIn very seriously. I followed as many people as I could. Um, I can't remember who started the, the little challenge, but it was, you know, try to get a thousand connection requests within 30 days. And it's just all about reaching out, introducing yourself. Um, and I did that for a couple months. And from there, I did that while job hunting. I didn't really hear much um, job wise, but I, I thought, hey, you know, let me take this a step further. Uh, I decided to search up every single cybersecurity recruiter that was on the Southeast, um, closer to where I live. And I searched up every single one on LinkedIn. I think I had over 100. And I sent them all the same message, which was introducing myself. Hey, I'm passionate about this. I really want to do this. I just need an opportunity to do this. Here's my background. If you have 10 to 15 minutes, let's please have a call. Um, and so I, I sent those out. I you know, didn't hear anything for a couple of days. Um, and one day I, I got one message in my, in my mailbox from about 100 sent out. And it was a cybersecurity recruiter. Um, I'll never forget the name. A huge shout out to uh, Joe Hudson. And he messaged me back. He said, hey, man you know, let's hop on a conversation. Let's hop on a call. Let's have a conversation. Let me see what I can do for you. Um, that same day, I believe we hopped on a call, a little 20, 25 minute conversation. I briefly explained myself. Um, and he just uh, took the time to actually listen to what I had to say um, and really try to help go out of his way to help me, um, you know, land that, you know, full-time role or internship or essentially start my career because that was the goal. I just wanted to get my foot in the door. I just wanted someone to give me an opportunity to showcase myself. Um, and looking back at that, uh, Joe Hudson did that for me. He uh, shared on his LinkedIn my story that, hey, I, you know, I was looking for work. And from there, an individual who is now my manager reached out to him, said, send me his resume. And the, it worked out from there. I did some internships and now I have a full time internship that I'm, you know, working towards. And so that's really fun. Uh, very thankful for that. Very thankful for Joe. 
But my whole point about that is, you know, you have to go above and beyond to reach out because it's easy to say, hey, I want this, you know, I want a full-time role. I want to be in cybersecurity. I want to be in information security. But no one really tells you how to do that. Um, and so that's what I really, really wanted to express is you have to go above and beyond. You have to think outside of the box. You have to, you know, show them, you know, you're really willing to learn, you know, just you just need an opportunity. And, you know, looking back at that, I also um, was involved in the Jason Blanchard's Twitch um, how to hunt for jobs like a hacker, which was a huge kind of um, uh, overview that I had too. Um, very, very helpful. He does his weekly Twitch streams, helping individuals do resume reviews, um, kind of LinkedIn OSINT searches on how to OSINT for a company or for a specific position. So I, all, I learned about tailoring resumes to certain specific positions. I learned you know, how to approach people for a 10 to 15 minute phone call. Um, so I definitely recommend, you know, Jason Blanchard's Twitter or Twitch, sorry, um, you know, how to hunt for jobs like a hacker, as well as, you know, Joe Gray's Ostension courses, Ray Baker's, um, and just Googling OSINT itself. There are so many, you know, layer eight conference videos, uh, just different, you know, conferences that have so many OSINT talks. You hit on some really important things over the course of your explanation that make a ton of sense to you because you experienced them and got a positive result. They make sense to me just, you know, as listening to your story and having heard a similar story more than once. But for anybody out there that is where Chase was a year ago, some of the most important things that jumped out about me, jumped out to me about your journey was your willingness to get involved you found a thing that you wanted to be a part of and you took it upon yourself to learn more and more about that thing whether that's you know osint infosec software engineering a musical instrument <laughs> like like you found something that appealed to you and you took it upon yourself to learn as much about that as possible that was kind of point number 1 that stood out to me point number 2 was you asked for help. I think the first point, a lot of people understand. I think the second point, asking for help, is where some people might struggle. Like they yeah. might, like they might have this expectation of themselves. Like, no, I've, I've, I've got to do it on my own. Well, mm -hmm. no, that's that's not yeah, how real. That's not how not real life all. works. <laughs> not at all. I've, oh man, I, I'm probably the worst at that. I can't tell you how much weight I carry on my shoulders um, from trying to think that I know everything, and I quickly fell into imposter syndrome. Um, I had that too. So if anyone can relate, um, I would definitely felt that. And it's just, it's just having confidence. It's just realizing that, Hey, everyone started somewhere, you know, the top OSINT pros who are out there right now started one day, absolutely knowing nothing. And everything that they know now has been over time has been through experience has been learning. Um, and so that's really important just to keep in mind is like, Hey, you know, everyone starts somewhere. It doesn't matter if you start, at 18, doesn't matter if you start at 35, you know, you're starting and, and that's all that matters that you're giving it hundred percent, you know, you're taking it serious and you're, you're willing to learn more. And if that's kind of what I wanted to express about you, you really want to turn it into something that you're passionate about. And, and that's what almost makes it seem seamless of the learning. It's just, you're so passionate about knowing more. You almost forget that, Hey, this is kind of a learning, something I need to learn. It's just something that kind of almost comes more naturally. And I think, a lot of people have a natural curiosity to them and learning how to apply that into wanting to learn more, wanting to, um, you know, and I keep saying learn more because that's just what I essentially I did. I was on three, four in the morning doing try hack me rooms uh, and that might not even relate to OSINT, but it's just wanting to learn so much that could possibly benefit me in my career. So yes, definitely, um, you know, don't be afraid to ask questions. That is a huge thing is reaching out and asking questions. I messaged over a hundred recruiters um, the same thing, one replied and that one ch changed my life. It started my whole career in internships in, in information security. Um, and it, it all started from asking help and, and same with the, uh, you know, Jason's Twitch, you know, I remember commenting on there and him pulling up my, my, uh, resume on live, like on Twitch and everyone could see it. And I'm over here kind of, oh, this is weird. I have no technical background. They're looking at graphic design. They're looking at RuneScape gaming and, what am I doing? So yeah, I, I definitely had those, but stick with it, ask questions. Um, you know, everyone starts somewhere and uh, just, just realize where you came from. You know, 
looking back at yesterday, I know more about today than I did yesterday kind of thing. So take it a day by day um, and it'll come over time really. Yeah. And I think the thing that maybe newcomers or that people that want to maybe get into the field need to understand is there are a lot of tremendously helpful individuals on the other end, but you have to ask or they have to know that you want help. So like Jason Blanchard, amazing resource, but if you're not willing to ask him for help or ask him a question, he's not going to answer that question. Um, yeah, very like, true. Like there are so many people that want to help, but you as the job seeker or you as the person that needs something has to kind of make that first move. And that can be really scary. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And it's kind of like saying like, you know, none of these people know exactly, you know, they might know that we want help, but what do we want help on? What do we want to learn? You know, those are the important questions to ask and, and be specific with your questions. Hey, how did you do this? How did you learn this? And, and most people, you will learn that um, they, it's like you said, they, they want to help people. Um, because they were in the same shoes as them at one point. And I could relate to uh, my recruiter who helped me, Joe. He, you know, he said to me, hey, man, you remind me a lot of myself. Um, and that really resonated with me because I felt him uh, truly helping me for the right purpose because he saw himself and me at, you know, my age. And so people like that, there are tons of people out there who are willing to help. Um, but just asking those right questions or just asking questions in general is, is really important. And it also shows that you care and that you're interested uh, because, you know, if you're going to reach out to someone to say, hey, how do you do this? You're essentially saying, I care about what this person thinks. I care about what this person does. And I want to know why this person does this and how they do that. Um, so it's, people actually like questions. You know, they see it as a good thing and they see that, you know, you care about what they have to say. So, yeah, don't be afraid to ask questions. It's very important. And you'll actually get some really good responses from it. Absolutely. Something else that stands out about your story in particular is that you came to a community, we'll, you know, we'll just take Trace Labs, for example, as an outsider, and you did your best to be helpful in the way that you could be helpful. I'd like for us to talk through that. So you came to an OSINT community with no OSINT experience, you know, compared to people that maybe do it professionally, but you did have an amazing graphic design background. And you said, hey, I want to be a part of this community and I think I can help with this skill that I have that most of you all don't. Yeah. It's something that, you know, I really tried to, you know, no matter where I go, I, I try to say, what can I do to, you know, this company, this job, this organization, this volunteership, what can I do to make this overall a better, you know, atmosphere or um, infographic in our case, you know, what can I do to help? Where can I put my input? And, and, a lot of things that I've learned is it doesn't, for example, I, I knew I wanted to get into OSINT, but I started out, hey, you guys want graphic design? Do you guys, let me, have you heard of badges? Have you heard of, you know, um, do you have social media graphics, stuff like that? And so I kind of took that graphic design approach, um, which then led me, you know, connecting with the core members of Trace Labs to when I could, to where I could then ask those OSINT questions like, hey, how do you do this? How do you do that? Um, but yeah, naturally I started out in OSINT, or I started out with Trace Labs wanting to just put my input in. Um, I love the organization. I love the movement. And I wanted to be a part of that, essentially. Um, and from there, I said, hey, how can I help? I specialize in graphic design. Um, I pitched some ideas, such as the badges, um, a couple like t-shirt mock-up ideas, um, and just kind of some swag for, you know, for hopefully upcoming in-person events that may be in the future. So it started from there, and it just really transitioned into, hey, um, you know, we could really do something awesome with, you know, promoting our CTFs, promoting our courses, promoting whatever it may be through some really interesting graphics. Um, and so that's where it first started from there and picked up from, from that. Nice. Something else that stands out to me. So I mentioned earlier that, you know, as human beings, we have a tremendously hard time asking for help. And in the example I gave, I gave that from the point of view of a job seeker, of someone new to the industry, trying to break into the industry, but that goes both ways. So when people join a community, whether it's Trace Labs or anywhere else, inevitably they're going to ask the question, how can I help? 
Well, the bad news is that the people you're asking that question to are just as bad at asking for help as you are. Yeah. <laughs> so what stands out to me about your story is you took it a step further and told them how you can help them. And that seemed to be pretty effective. Yeah, I actually, um, and I, I've done this a lot. I, instead of saying, how can I help? I would just go ahead and make designs. I, I, and I think in this case, I made maybe a badge and maybe a mock-up t-shirt and a mock-up infographic. And I sent it over um, to Adrian, uh, uh, mainly known as AK47 Intel on Trace Labs. And from there, it, was, it wasn't more of an asking, hey, how do you like this? It was more so, hey, I did this. And from there, it was like, wow, okay, we see you've got this, you know, can we get more of these or can we get more of that? So I think that's very important. It's just taking that first step, taking charge um, and just taking control. It, it not, I'm not saying, you know, put everything and all the pressure on you, but really showing what you're worth, what you have to offer to the table, what you can bring to the table, because every person, no matter who you are, has something unique about them. And, and that's what's, I think, special about learning that about yourself. What can you bring to the table? It doesn't matter if it's a hard skill or soft skill. Everyone specializes in something, whether they know it or not. Um, and so in this case, uh, I brought towards my graphic design skills. I didn't ask questions on what they needed. I just say, hey, it looks like you, you could have some better infographics on your social medias. What do you think of these? And it, it went from there. Reaching out, asking questions is a huge, huge, huge um, advice that I can give as well as networking. Networking is probably the biggest thing that I can recommend. And it's almost like, you know, I've been in college for three years of college, got one year left and not to knock on my college or anything, but the, the expertise and the knowledge and the information that I have learned in the last 15 months by asking questions, by participating in CTFs, by joining volunteerships, I have, by doing an internship, I have learned three times as much as I've learned in, in school. So, you know, really just asking questions. And, and unfortunately, you know, school's great, um, but you're, you're, you're limited to one professor or two, you know, the, the questions kind of might, you know, be answered already. So by, you know, familiarizing yourself and, and, and putting yourself in a big organization around like-minded people who also have a passion for OSINT, it's much easier to ask those questions and get those answers that you're looking for. Um, so yeah, ask questions. That's just really a huge piece of advice I can give. Okay, so next question. You had a goal, you worked really hard, you achieved it, you're here. So what's your take on InfoSec? Like now that you have an InfoSec job, is there like some, oh man, this is exactly what I thought it was going to be, or oh God, this is just like my last job I didn't like. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is my uh, first information security job ever, so it's my first time ever uh, learning or just getting to work with, with in the infosec industry. Um, and I love it. Um, I think it's definitely, um, a learning, uh, a passion for me. It's nothing to be frank. It's no, it's nothing to do with OSINT. It's nothing to do with, you know, threat intelligence or any of that, that side, but the knowledge that I'm pulling from it, um, is incredible. And I believe, um, that I will be able to apply the knowledge that I learned from this internship into my OSINT investigations, into my just general career, um, because I, I, de I definitely want to have a career in cybersecurity and uh, having knowledge of information security, network security, um, just different types of forms of security is very, very important. So, um, no, I'm very thankful for my internship right now. I love it. Um, it was actually not what I was expecting to work on at all. Um, I Every day I learn something new. Um, and, and I think that's what's most important to me is the fact that I'm constantly learning new things. I'm constantly on my toes. Um, and, and working in cybersecurity, uh, specifically doing a volunteership more as a SOC analyst, uh, those who know that um, you never know what you're going to get. You, know, you never know what's going to come through as a ticket. So it's, it's almost like a police officer. You know, you never know what kind of day you're going to get. And that's very exciting to me. Uh, no day is the same. There no day is a routine. Uh, it, you, it's always going to be different. And I think that's very, uh, really interesting to me and very, uh, uh, that I'm very passionate about and, and like to be in. Let's talk about certs. Um, so right off the bat, I have no certs. I have no certifications, no technical certifications, other than the free OSINT courses, um, if, if you want to count those. Uh, but I have no actual, no CompTIA, no SAN certs, nothing like that. Um, so that was something that I kind of wanted to emphasize that, because I, I was in that same boat, like, hey, what certs do I need to get to get a new job? 
um, you know, is having this cert going to help me a little bit better? And the answer is, I think that comes with time. I think uh, the certifications will come with time. I think it's very important to try to get an internship or entry level position first because the information and knowledge that you can pull from that will probably help with your cert. Um, and, and I just want to kind of be proof that, hey, you don't need a certification to get a, a starter level job. Um, and, and I just really wanted to emphasize that because that's something I struggled with thinking that I needed to take this cert, this cert, this cert in order to get this job, this job, this job. And that's not the case. You know, that'll come with time um, and just keep at it. So it took you about 13 months, 15 months to get from, hey, this is neat to landing a job. Correct. That's not the ideal. That's, that's not the ideal trajectory looking back on it now is there anything you realize you could have done to maybe shorten that window um you know that that's a really good question you know i want to say that i i I believe that i did everything right um and and like i said i know right then it was hard because of uh covid going on no jobs were essentially hiring because everyone was at home Um, and the only positions that were being hiring were more so senior positions because you know there wasn't much time to do any training or, uh, you know, essentially like that to bring someone new in and, and, and run through those courses. So uh, it was really hard on that. I don't think that I would do anything differently. Um, looking back at it, uh, I still remember being up till four in the morning, uh, applying to jobs. And, and I have a list of a uh, Word document of over a hundred jobs that I applied for. Like I said, eight, I heard back, did three, three or four interviews. Um, so I don't think I would change anything differently. Um, but but those who maybe might follow my advice might be able to actually do it quicker because I think that things are hopefully picking back up, um, you know, with COVID kind of easing up and, you know, a lot of jobs are hiring again. Um, so I think, you know, you know, network, ask questions, go for it, find as many courses, um, Udemy, Coursera, YouTube, all have amazing uh, either free or affordable courses. Uh, just basically touching on that again, I am no way a millionaire. I am no way rich. So I definitely know how it is to kind of find OSINT courses that are affordable and, you know, still beneficial. So YouTube is a huge one. Uh, Twitter is very good. The InfoSec community is very good. They have the OSINT hashtag is very good. Uh, Just asking questions, uh, reaching out and working towards it. I was doing try hack me, hack the box ETFs. I picked up the two volunteer ships that I spoke briefly on, which was the National Child Protection Task Force and Operation Safe Escape, where uh, I wasn't only just doing kind of the monthly ops and the monthly CTFs that Trace Labs was doing, but I was doing OSINT investigations every day. Um, and and it, it was just, you know, a lot to learn in a short period of time. Um, but one thing I do want to, to bring up that, that helped me tremendously, and I'm talking tremendously, was mentorships. That was a huge one for me. And um, I'm very, very, very thankful to Adrian, AK47 Intel over at Trace Labs, um, that he was my first ever mentor that I pulled in. He took me under his wing. And to this day, I asked that man so many questions. I think in the last 15 years or last 15 months, I've asked him over a thousand questions. And, you know, having someone who has been involved in cybersecurity or information security and has gone through what I'm going through, um, that was so beneficial and amazing to have as a resource to kind of rely on hey can you look over my resume hey what do you think about this and i like i said i asked that man so many questions and i and and having him as kind of a someone to rely on was super super important for me and helped me so much with my confidence and moving forward with with um trying to find an internship or a job and and looking at it now i have uh, about five to six mentors now uh, 15 months later and each one of them offers their own unique piece of advice and support and i can kind of bounce off each one and get different opinions and feedback on whatever i'm working on uh, so having people who have been through the organization have been through this game have been through this journey already having those people to ask questions is extremely important and um you never know who's willing to take on a mentorship unless you ask that's very important ask 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 um whether or not they seem busy mentorships are not do not require a lot of time. I think AJ and I, we meet once a month for a quick hour Trace Labs or a Zoom call on Trace Labs to kind of just briefly touch up what I've been working on. Uh, what are my goals for the year? Is there anything that he recommends and stuff like that? So it doesn't take a lot of time, and but it's, but it's a life-changing uh, resource to have. So mentorships is a huge, huge, huge thing I strongly recommend people look into. 
do you want to talk through like how you wound up with a mentor? Um, yeah, honestly, it's, it's, it's straight. It was just straight up. I, I honestly asked Adrian, Hey, look, I don't know anything. You know, a lot of stuff. I want to get essentially in the position that you're in. Um, I want to go into cybersecurity. Would you be willing to take me on as a mentorship? And I know that to him, he was probably like, Oh no, what am I getting myself into? And this was back in when I knew absolutely nothing about OSINT. So um, huge shout out to him for, you know, taking me on as, as that. And it was really just that I didn't really have anything to offer. So he kind of just took me on as a, as a blind eye. I didn't have any technical experience to say, hey, you know, I have this. Um, I have this. But I told him I'm passionate. I'm hungry to learn. I'm young and eager. I, I, I just need some help. And from there, you know, it, it worked out. And it seems to be that way with most of my mentorships, uh, just showing interest in the person. It's kind of like asking questions. If, if you show that you're interested in mentoring in someone, it shows that you care about what they know, what they learn, and what they're willing to teach. Um, and that's very important. So I think people actually uh, wouldn't, would appreciate that and, and wouldn't see it as like taking on a mentee or, or, or doing a mentorship as a bad thing. So I think it actually gives um, both kind of, uh, you know, confidence and training to the, to the mentor himself, uh, but also to the mentee who is receiving that confidence and training. Definitely. And I, I can't think of anything maybe more flattering than someone reaching out and asking for help, acknowledging me as an expert in a field or as a resource in a field. So I think most people are typically flattered when they're approached. Yeah, by... I, I remember we did a, uh, I reached out to you for that Python class, the uh, learning Python, because I did not know what I was doing. Um, and so I say hey do you know python and and you replied you did and we i remember we did that little course from there and it was going over the basics but uh to this day i still know those basics and i'm almost at an intermediate level of python now so um kind of going back 15 months where i did not even know how to print anything do the print hello world i think that's all i did um but yeah just just reaching out and you know just giving people the time of day to share what they want and share what they know um and i know you had a lot of expertise to offer and so uh you know it just kind of went from there. So yeah, that's a perfect example of reaching out because um, I know you were very happy to take the time to share with me and I was very appreciative and thankful for the uh, the time to take and to, you know, to teach me those Python basics. Absolutely. I would much rather talk about Python than do my day job most any day of the week. So <laughs> always, always willing to talk code or anything else. Yeah. And, and just being being around people like-minded people who are interested in the same things you are is very important so that's just something i, I constantly just you know try to push towards people is and I, i'm sure people hear that a lot you know like surround yourself with friends like-minded peers and, and that's really true advice that's the best way to learn because if you're doing everything on yourself you're only in a sense going to go as far as as your mind will let you as your knowledge will let you and by learning from others it kind of can teach you to expand your theory your thoughts your approaches, your methodology, um, and, and, and now you can do incredible things. Um, resumes. Resumes is a huge thing because it was a, a problem for me. I was applying to cybersecurity and information security with no technical experience on my resume. So I'm over here applying to these um, security jobs with a graphic design background, graphic design work experience. And so I, I thought to myself, I got to do something, man. I got to do something because, you know, these people, they're not going to hire a graphic designer into an information security. So um, from there, I learned, and it's kind of going back to Jason Blanchard's Twitch uh, that he was doing. I learned how to specifically uh, tailor a resume for a specific position. And I won't reveal too many secrets. I highly recommend you go check out Jason Blanchard's Twitch streams. Uh, you can learn so much over there. But in an overview, he taught me how to specifically look for keywords and job posts and apply those into my resume to hit the, um, you know, the automatic search engine that searches those words. Uh, so it's kind of learning so much on that, learning how to tailor my resumes. That was very important and getting this, getting good information on there that could land me, you know, a, a starter job or an information security job or entry level job. Um, so that was very important and just kind of reaching back out to the mentorships, the, the reaching out. Sometimes it's not about what you know, it's about who you know. And, and that's something I learned within the 15 months. Um, everyone knows someone at the end of the day. So reaching out, you know, I, I could reach out to you, for example, hey, I need a job, hey, I'm struggling. Your, your best friend might own a business that is hiring and you never know. And, and I would never know until I reached out. So 
ask those questions, reach out. I know we've, we've kind of stressed on that the whole kind of podcast, but that's really what I did um, was going through those, taking those extra steps, asking people for phone calls. I'm an introvert. I do not like talking on the phone. That's weird. Like, but at the same time, I, I, I got good at it. I got good at asking questions. Um, I jumped out of my comfort zone. You know, something that was very important to me is, you know, live each day or do something uncomfortable each day uh, because, you know, that's how you know you're getting stuff done. Uh, so, yeah, step out your comfort zone, shoot for the stars. We are our, our biggest kind of like holdbacks on ourselves. You know, we can accomplish so much without realizing it. Um, and, and sometimes reaching out and, and has, having other people beside us can help us, you know, reach potentials that we weren't weren't aware of. Um, so, you know, just looking back at, at that, you know, switch to LinkedIn, go through there, get active on LinkedIn. That was that was a big one for me. And that was kind of coming from the networking phase of things and seeing what other people were interested in. Uh, free courses, Coursera, YouTube, Udemy, they have a bunch of affordable and free OSINT courses. Um, volunteer, I know uh, there's the National Child Protection Task Force, there's Operation Save Escape, there's Innocent Lives Foundation. Um, sorry if I'm missing any others top on my head right now, but there's so many opportunities that, to get out there and do amazing things while learning the essential skill of OSINT. Um, and in my opinion, OSINT is going to be huge in the future. Um, I think a lot of the generation, um, the younger generation right now is constantly doing OSINT without realizing it. Um, whether that's, you know, looking up their boyfriend and girlfriends on Instagram and seeing who they're following. I don't know, you know, those crazy teen stuff, but I think people are, are learning OSINT and we also do OSINT every day without realizing it. For example, if we we're going to go to a park and we want to learn where the rides are or what time the rides open or how long the lines are, you know, we kind of research stuff like that. So we do a lot of OSINT without realizing it. Um, and so with that being said, I think OSINT, it's going to become huge in the future. I think there's going to be a lot of more people who are in OSINT. Um, and I think there's going to be a lot of really good, powerful people who come in um, and release, you know, a lot of, you know, useful knowledge on OSINT um, and, and also just provide their expertise. Uh, one last thing that I'll, I'll throw in there is, is uh, take the time to learn natural OSINT techniques. That was a huge one for me that I kind of struggled learning. I relied a lot on tools. Um, and so I'll speak briefly on that. Um, tools are great. Don't get me wrong, but they're unreliable in the sense that they might be here today and gone tomorrow, or, you know, it might be outdated or something goes wrong. So don't learn to rely on tools. I noticed that I would, you know, at the beginning of the CTFs, I've done four total trace life CTFs. The first two, I first one I placed in the top 70s, the second one the top 50s. Um, the third one we placed second, and the most recent one was last weekend we placed first, uh, also winning the MBO badge. And that really came um, just from uh, trying to learn as much as possible, but learning the manual of OSINT, learning on how to not rely on tools, how to scrape social media profiles. A huge one for me was Google dorking, um, which was just, I know for me, Google browsers aren't going anywhere. So just kind of relaying on things that are going to be static and, and still around. So uh, something to keep in mind, um, you know, learn. It's easy, to, it's easy to load up a tool and input a name or username and do a scan, but it's a little bit, I want to say harder, but a little bit more technical to do like a Google dork approach or a whole kind of investigation using just an internet browser that can lead you to a lot of different things. Um, that might discover more information along the way because tools specifically are searching for one thing or have one purpose. Um, and so that's very important is to learn the manual OSINT. Don't rely on certain things to do certain things for you. Um, if, if you look at a tool and it scans for a username, think about how it's scanning for that username. What website is it using for that username? And kind of keep that in mind. Uh, so I think that's very important. Another piece of advice I can give when conducting OSINT investigations um, and yeah, I know that my team and I, the Federal Bureau of Ocean, we are working on a CTF write-up that we are hoping to release this week that will discuss a little bit of our methodology and OSINT techniques and approaches that we performed on the uh, Trace Lab CTF that was over the weekend. So very excited to share secrets. Uh, it's not necessarily secrets, actually, because it's all for a great cause. Um, but every person has their own methodology, their own creativity approach, their own OSINT approach to things. Um, so working with others, learning from others, it's very you know interesting to kind of combine those and see uh, what can come out of those. So um, just kind of touching back at me, I'm always open for questions. Please reach out. Um, like I said, I'm currently going through the whole transition in, into a full-time information security role right now or cybersecurity um, with absolutely no technical background. I did it within 15 months. 
it can be done. I, I had my nights of, you know, thinking that this isn't possible. I had my nights of not believing in myself. Uh, I went through all that. I went through the imposter syndrome. Um, but keep your head up, have the confidence yourself. Just because something doesn't happen today doesn't mean it's going to happen next week. And, and just keep keep pushing because something will come out of that. That's just the best advice I can give. Well, Chase, thank you so much for taking about an hour to talk through all this with me. I can tell you as someone who does not work in InfoSec, it's a little bit less scary than it was an hour ago. Um, when you hear someone's story and hear someone's journey that did it, it seems a lot more approachable. So I can tell you, I personally appreciate you just taking us along for that ride and sharing the things that you've learned along the way so far. Yeah. Thank you for having me today. It was an incredible opportunity to speak on that. I'm glad that, you know, I was able to share my voice and I hope that what I said can encourage those who might not have any technical experience or those who are close to or currently learning technical experience or, or close to getting their first job. Um, good luck. You know, I wish you the best um, and just keep at it. If people wanted to find you online, how would they go about that? Uh, so you can find me, I'm most active on my LinkedIn and Twitter, uh, both handles uh, Chase Matheson. And I also have my website, cyberbychase.com, which I am currently looking to release uh, here shortly. Um, that also contains, will contain uh, OSINT blogs, OSINT write-ups, OSINT techniques, OSINT tools, um, as well as uh, just information regarding all things cybersecurity. So I kind of wanted to turn it to, a, to an outlet for those to kind of get resources from and good, good information from. Awesome. Well, I look forward to our next conversation. Thanks for hanging out with me today. Thanks, you. Have, have a good one. This has been another episode of Breadcrumbs. If you'd like to learn more, you can find us online at tracelabs.org, on Twitter, at tracelabs. But if you really want to find us, just follow the breadcrumbs. <laughs>